All right, Mama, grab your cup of reheated coffee, grab your water, grab your snack, whatever you need to grab. Take a second and grab it right now and get comfortable because today we're going to dive in and talk all about commonly used supplements during pregnancy, some of the research that has been done on them, what you need to know as far as prenatal vitamins, choline, protein powder, and a host of other supplements that you might have been told to take. So today we're going to jump in and talk about some of the, some of the most common ones, not all of them, but this is going to help you make sense of why pregnant women take certain supplements. And we're going to talk all about what the common ones are and why you might consider taking them yourself. Hey mama, welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where you can learn how to stay fit, healthy, and feel good during and after pregnancy. I'm your host, Kelsey Lee Miller. I'm a certified pre and postnatal coach, and I believe as moms, we show up as our best when we prioritize caring for our bodies. When you're equipped with the right tools, you can show up confidently in your workouts, in the kitchen, and also in life. If you're here for that reheated coffee and those nap time workouts, you are in the right spot. It's time to prioritize your own health so that you can feel good in your skin again. Let's get excited for today's show. All right, so to start this off here, I think the biggest one is going to be a prenatal vitamin. And there's a lot of reasons for taking a prenatal. If you think of it kind of like a multivitamin, common minerals and nutrients that you're not going to have enough of during pregnancy would be things like calcium, B12, vitamin D, folate or folic acid, iron, iodine. So a lot of prenatal vitamins have all of these in them and a host of other nutrient options as well. So think of that like your multivitamin. It's going to be really helpful for you to take. Another really big one that I'm sure you have talked with your healthcare provider about is fish oil, and omega-3s. So why you should be concerned with that specifically for your baby's growth, fish oil and omega-3 fatty acids, they're found in EPA and DHA, which are really important for your baby's brain development. They also affect the nervous system development of your baby, the cardiovascular system, how their immune system functions, and The RDA, so recommended daily amount of fish oil if you're pregnant, is going to be 5,000 to 10,000 milligrams of fish oil per day. And if you do decide, depending on the type that you decide to take, whether you want to take liquid form or whether you want to take it in a capsule, it's a good idea to start taking that as soon as you find out you're pregnant as well. There's some other ones that I want to do a little bit deeper dive into, one of them being folate. Folate. What is folate for? It supports the function of your nervous system, helps prevent neural tube defects. Spina bifida is a common one. Spina bifida is basically a condition where your baby's spinal cord doesn't develop fully or properly. So That's definitely something that we want to try to prevent if possible. And folate is one way to help prevent defects like that. So there's a couple couple of things to be aware of as far as folate goes. 
It can come in a few different forms. So folic acid as well as folate in the 5-MTHF form are both really bioavailable for your body to absorb. So conveniently, there's also several foods that have folate in them that you're probably already eating. So you can also just intentionally eat these foods as well. But folate or folic acid should be in your prenatal vitamin. Common foods that have folate, I'll do all the green foods first. So spinach or any dark leafy green, broccoli, these are just a few. Asparagus is another one. Cauliflower, lentils actually have folate and so do citrus fruits. So there's, there's quite a few foods that have folate in them. Another important supplement, so we've talked about prenatals, we've talked about fish oil and omega-3s, we've talked about folate. Vitamin D is also really important. This one, I'm sure you've heard the benefits of taking vitamin D include things like making sure your bones are strong, making sure you have improved cognition, reducing the risk for diabetes. During pregnancy specifically, Consuming vitamin D is going to help reduce the risk for developing gestational diabetes. If you're not familiar with the term, gestational diabetes is basically when you develop diabetes during pregnancy, so high blood sugar during pregnancy. And the reason why that matters is because there are a few risk factors that go with that. So sometimes developing depression or having Increasing the risk for something like preeclampsia, which is, you know, it could happen after 20 weeks. It means you're having too much protein in the urine because your blood pressure is too high. And that can affect both the mother and the fetus. So we just don't want to increase our risk for certain things like that. Exercise is obviously going to help reduce the risk of having high blood pressure or diabetes while you're pregnant. So just keep that in mind. All of these supplements may help supplement what you're already doing, but they shouldn't be used as a sole solution for a lot of these things. They're just meant to supplement what you're already eating and the balanced diet that you're hopefully already paying attention to. So additionally, I do want to mention getting vitamin D from the sun. If you are trying to absorb vitamin D from the sun, you're not going to be able to do that if you're wearing sunscreen. So Ideally, the first 20 minutes at least that you're outside should be without sunscreen. And if you need to put it on after that, then do it. But you will be able to absorb the vitamin D better if you do not put sunscreen on. So another supplement that I want to talk about that's probably more specific to you if you're listening to this show and women who are exercising in general during their pregnancy is protein powder and essential amino acids. So as a woman, if you're trying to maintain or increase the lean muscle mass that's on your body while you're pregnant, protein consumption is obviously a huge factor and you should be aiming to get, I tell my clients, aim for 30 grams a meal. So if you're having three meals a day, that ends up being 90 grams. And If you can't get 30 grams, protein powder can be a helpful supplement to help you meet 
the amount of protein that you need to consume to make sure that you're maintaining the muscle that you have. And another added benefit to protein powder is that typically if you're having food aversions, I know I had a lot of morning sickness and sometimes would have trouble keeping food down or stomaching certain types of foods. The higher amounts of protein that you can consume when you're pregnant will help A, keep you satiated or full and satisfied, and B, if it's in a protein powder and you're getting something like a grass-fed whey, if you don't have a milk intolerance or, you know, maybe you're getting a isolate instead of a concentrate. And if you want to know more about that, you can go back and listen to my episode on everything pregnant women need to know about protein. But essentially protein powder can be a really excellent way to supplement the animal protein that you're already eating. And it's easier to get the shake down if you're feeling nauseous or having food aversions and helps you stay full. So I always recommend when you're looking for protein powders, try to find one that has as few ingredients as possible. Some of them are going to have artificial sweeteners and flavors. I try to avoid that. Trying to find one that agrees with your GI system, your gastrointestinal system is obviously going to be really important. So again, if you want more info on that, you can go back and listen to episode 12. That's all about protein consumption. So ideally when we're consuming you know, make the range 25 to 30 grams per meal for women. That is talking about protein that has all nine of the essential amino acids and animal protein is going to be a big player here because animal protein naturally has the nine essential amino acids. And, you know, you can get protein powders that are grass fed whey or grass-fed protein powder that is coming from an animal that is going to get you that same thing. Another supplement, it's not a protein powder per se, but essential amino acids. This is kind of like the new version of a branch chain amino acids. For a while, BCAAs were really popular. Everybody was basically sipping on BCAAs while they were training or before or after And I actually want to recommend essential amino acids to you because in my opinion, it's kind of silly to take BCAAs now when you can get essential amino acids, which is basically like getting the protein without the calories. And I'm not suggesting that you count calories while you're pregnant, but you know, if you're trying to supplement and you've already had plenty of caloric intake for the day, but you just want the protein. Essential amino acids basically are giving you the protein without the calories. So you can get 20 grams of protein for relatively few calories, like 15 calories, which is kind of crazy. And it's a great way to supplement that and just get enough protein in your diet in general. Women in general don't eat enough protein. And this is one of the biggest factors that plays into maintaining muscle mass and gaining muscle is making sure that you are consuming enough protein. So I could talk about protein forever and ever. Amen. I think it's a really, really, really important macronutrient to consume. They're all important protein, carbohydrates, and fat, but specifically for women who are trying to build muscle, if you're not eating enough protein, you're not allowing your body to build the muscle. So it doesn't matter how great the workout's that you're performing are, you're not going to build the muscle if you're not eating to build muscle or to maintain muscle. So please make sure you are eating enough protein. 
A couple of other supplements that are commonly recommended, choline. Choline is actually really important for your baby's brain development and is going to affect how they think as a child. It also does have benefits in adult cognition, but in children in particular, it's going to reduce neural tube defects, which is great. When you're pregnant, recommended amount per day is 450 milligrams. And what's really cool is that a lot of foods that you eat already have choline in them. And I talk about this more specifically in my Bells and Bellies course, which is my course for pregnant women. Basically, the course includes workouts, nutritional guidelines, and lifestyle tips for pregnant women that are all evidence-based. And I talk more in depth about different food sources and how much choline is in each of them. But some common food sources that have choline that you're probably already eating are like eggs. Eggs have a fair amount of choline, chicken, chicken does as well. Broccoli does as well. So there's lots of things that you probably are eating that have choline in them, but it's also fine to supplement with that. Keep in mind, this is not an exclusive list of all the supplements that you should take while you're pregnant. This is just a resource for you to understand why women take certain supplements during pregnancy. And I would recommend reading your labels. If there's a label that advises you to not use something during pregnancy or breastfeeding, make sure you always, always, always talk to your physician first before you consume that. And the stuff that I'm sharing here today is simply a compiled resource of a bunch of evidence-based supplements and guidelines from current research. So please feel free to ask your doctor about any of this. If you have any questions, always talk to your medical healthcare provider. I do want to talk about a supplement that is a couple of supplements that are important to avoid during pregnancy. So one of them being soy protein and soy products. And I feel like women for a while were really into soy. And um, I don't know if you can hear my little boy in the background. He's, he's inside playing, but if you do, there you go. There's a little treat for you today. Um, okay. Back to soy. So Soy, essentially, why it is not beneficial for you. Let's just dig into this. It is a phytoestrogen. Basically, what this means is it has estrogenic-like effects, so it mimics estrogen in your body. It's something that you want to avoid because it's so easy to consume because it's in so many different foods, and it's actually easier than you think to consume in large amounts. So, Like if you were having like a soy latte with your breakfast and then, you know, having tofu at lunch and having something else for dinner that had soy like in the salad dressing. So we just want to avoid that because it's going to negatively affect your hormone levels, especially when you're pregnant. So soy milk, protein, tofu, dressings, anything that has soy in it. There's lots of these tasty alternatives actually for all of these things. You just have to know what they are and how to look for them. So I recommend looking for, if you've got a sensitivity to cow's milk, or maybe you don't, and you can drink cow's milk, or you you can't have like raw unpasteurized items when you're pregnant, but so raw milk is not really an option. But if you did, if you could have cow's milk, you could always use that. Almond milk, coconut milk, really any type of nut milk could work as a swap. You could also swap out tofu with any other type of animal protein. So chicken, beef, pork, steak, 
fish. There's, you know, there's lots of things that you could swap out tofu with. Dressings, if you're looking at the ingredients in a dressing, even if it doesn't have soy in it, a lot of dressings have canola oil in it, which is not great either because canola is not a plant. And so I would recommend looking for things like avocado oil or olive oil-based dressings when you're dressing your salads. So that's kind of the mini summary of soy. And alfalfa is also a phytoestrogen, just like soy is. And so if you do take, I think the most prevalent place this would show up would probably be in like a greens powder that you might take. So if you take a greens powder, that's fine. Just try to avoid any that might contain alfalfa. The last supplement that I'll cover here is vitamin A. You probably aren't doing this, but I'll just mention it just so you know and you have the information. But vitamin A is typically going to be in your prenatal if you're taking more than 10,000 IUs or individual units of vitamin A per day. That's typically associated with fetal malformations of the bones, urinary tract, or nervous system in your growing baby, which again, I'm sure you're not doing this. So just don't add any vitamin A outside of what you're already taking in your prenatal. All right. So we've talked about some of the supplements that are commonly used in pregnancy. And just a reminder for you, be proactive for yourself. Always read the labels on things. And if something is advised to not be used during pregnancy, or if it says, you know, consult your physician before you use this, definitely do that. Again, this is evidence-based supplement guides from current research that I've pulled. So hopefully this is helpful and this can help you kind of navigate through the waters of trying to figure out what's safe for you to consume and what's not safe. But as always, if you have any questions, definitely talk to your medical care provider. And if you'd like to know more about this and even take a deeper dive into this, you can actually sign up for the wait list for Bells and Bellies, which is my fit pregnancy course. It's going to be an online course that I'm going to be launching within the next couple of months. And if you liked the information you heard here today on supplements, there's a whole deeper dive that we take into supplements within that course. And that's just a small piece. The other pieces of the course are designed specifically with the pregnant mama in mind. And this online course is going to be providing you with evidence-based fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle recommendations. So you're going to get specific workouts, 36 weeks of strength training and cardio workouts specifically designed for pregnant women. There's an online video library with playlists for every single workout. There's a pregnancy nutrition guide, again, that is evidence-based coming from current research, just like the supplement guide that's in there that I talked about. There's also a lifestyle guide that has some things that you might not even be aware of that you need to know when you're pregnant. Talk about some common misconceptions related to things like gardening and cat litter and hot tubs and sauna use while you're pregnant. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, you can go to www.smartbellsfitness.com and sign up to get on the wait list. So you are the first to know when I release that course. Thanks for being here and I'll see you next time. 
Hey mama, thanks for tuning in today. Really quick before you go, if this podcast has blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts. I get really excited every time I see that this show has positively impacted your life in some way. If you would do that for me, I would be so grateful. The second thing you can do is just tell another mama you think could benefit from listening to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. That's it for now. I'll see you back here soon.